Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 66 and welcome to July of 2020. Oh my gosh, just when we thought it couldn't get any scarier of a year, my house almost burned down last weekend in a truly, truly, truly terrifying enormous brush fire caused by some fireworks um, that burned like just hundreds and hundreds of acres and it, it came right up to my fence. It burned one of my fence panels and um, in my backyard. So like on, on one side of the yard, there's a fence and on the other side, like on the, on the, on the far side of the yard, there's just like a retaining wall. Cause we live right up against the mountain and the fire came right up to the retaining wall. And then it didn't jump down like onto, you know, where we have like trees planted, like the actual yard. Um, but it was pretty terrifying. Um, we, my, my neighbor called me at around 11 PM and was like, Hey, did you know the mountains on fire? And I was like, excuse me, what? And I looked out the window and could just see this like red glow and started to smell smoke and started to totally hyperventilate and panic and freak out. And, you know, spent about 15 minutes, um, gathering up whatever we could think, that we wanted to try to save, um, that wasn't replaceable. Um, I grabbed like my notebook where I write my original music and I grabbed my computers and like my dog, of course, and like his food. Um, gosh, it was, it was the, it was like just about the most scared I think I've ever been. Um, the only thing that even comes close is, um, the day that I, that I got the, the text message that my mom had brain cancer and, um, flew home for her first brain surgery. Um, but gosh, so Andrew and I and Bear, um, we drove down the hill and the farther we got away from our house, the more we could, the more of the fire we could see, um, and we parked in this like a like a corporate building parking lot and just sat and watched the mountain burn for like four hours um, until we kind of got word that it seemed like the fire had moved east. But when we when we drove back up um, to kind of just check on our street and check on our property, um, we weren't actually sure what we were going to find. I mean, we, we knew that our house hadn't like burned down, but, um, but we weren't sure like if the fire had been in the backyard or if there was any kind of damage around, it was pretty scary. Um, and then finally around like 6am, we just decided to go in the house cause it seemed like the fire had, had moved far enough East. Um, but we could still see kind of smoke and flames like out of the windows. Um, yeah. And then on Sunday it was all smoky and, um, such a, such a completely weird day. And then yesterday, Monday, we just had a totally normal day. It was completely bizarre anyway. So, um, so that's my, like, that's my personal 2020 update. This freaking enormous fire almost burned down my house. Um, so I'm trying to kind of like get back into, um, normal, normal emotional levels this week. Um, and I'm really, really excited about this episode because my guest for today is Mr. Paul Williams, who designed the Masks Muse um, with the 
with the crossed arms and the blue hair. Um, I love her so much. Um, I just fell in love with Paul's work and reached out to him to ask if he would, um, if he would, would do the masks design for me. And he did such a beautiful job. Um, and then we had scheduled this interview for May. Um, but of course we were in quarantine. So, um, so, or March, I don't know, April during quarantine, it doesn't matter. We rescheduled it for last week. Um, and I'm, and I'm bringing it to you now. Um, so I'm going to read a little bit of Paul's bio. Paul Williams is always curious if he's an artist or a storyteller, but one thing he knows for sure, he's a wanderer. He's mesmerized by culture, wildlife, and earth, and feels connected to all three. Barbagazi Outdoors, Paul's personal creative outlet and Instagram account, started as an experiment, and in many ways that's what it always will be. Pleasantly, it became much more than originally planned. Paul deeply enjoys the amazing artists and adventure seekers he has met while curating his account. He has only two regrets, that he can't have coffee with all his Instagram friends around the same table, and that he doesn't have enough time to craft daily art for his Instagram friends. In 2020, Paul launched Uinta Alcyon, the rebrand of his formerly self-titled business. And you guys, it looks great. Um, Paul just showed me his brand new website and I'll link it in the show in the show notes and, and in the blog post for the episode. Please go check it out. Paul is awesome and he is uh, a Utah artist who um, is just doing great work and who um, you can hire to do the the cool things that you're doing for your artful businesses and other things. Um, I can't recommend him highly enough. He's just amazing to work with and such a beautiful creative mind. Um, and so without further ado, here comes Paul. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary, And sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections, but we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Today's episode of Artifice is brought to you by Goldilocks Wraps. Goldilocks Wraps are an all-natural and eco-friendly alternative to plastic wrap. These reusable beeswax food wraps are made by hand using locally sourced beeswax. And not only are they easy to clean, they keep your food fresh for longer. Goldilocks Wraps combat single-use plastics with something that is both practical and beautiful. Especially in quarantine, I've been trying to buy produce in bulk and cook in a way that leaves leftovers for the following day. Goldilocks wraps have come in super handy as I'm covering up tomorrow's portion of my lovely home-cooked meals and wrapping up produce to use for future recipes later in the week. It should come as no surprise to anyone that I chose the pink floral set, and I love them all so much. They're so pretty, and it feels great to know I'm supporting a healthier planet in this simple way. Head to GoldilocksWraps.com and enter promo code ARTIFICE10, that's all caps, A-R-T-I-F-I-C-E-1-0 for 10% off your purchase today. Easy conversation. It's like, what are we better experts in than like our own lives and thoughts? <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I don't know if I'm an expert in that yet. <laughs> 
that's the truth. That's really yeah. the truth. I hope to be by the time I die, but yeah. probably won't be. <laughs> I mean, it's something I talk about with people a lot. Like we're always thinking about like what we've learned in the past, mm-hmm. but like hopefully, you know, you're always looking back on your like last year or two years ago self and thinking like, what, what was I doing? You know, hopefully oh, yeah. you're always changing. Yeah. I never know where I'm going to be the next year or whatnot. And, yeah. and that's kind of fun, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, I should say for everybody, for the listeners, I'm I'm here with Paul Williams, who is the designer of the Masks Muse that all of you have been seeing over everything that I post and <laughs> and sell. Um, and I, so I'm I'm really excited to finally meet you in person. Yeah, this is great. And interview you. Yeah. Um, I feel like you've you your work has been like a big part of my life in the past few months. <laughs> I know it's been wonderful. It's, it's been a lot of fun to learn about your projects yeah. and what you're doing. And Thank you. That's been incredible. Well, fun. I might need to hire you for some other things, which we can talk about after if you want. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, okay, so let's start at the beginning. What mm. were you like as a creative child? What were you up to? Um, you know, I I never really felt very creative. Um. But it was one area where I got a lot of praise. And mm. so I think I, I just, um, like I don't know. Drawing, like art or or what? I drew because my dad would draw a little bit. Okay. Um, he's definitely an entertainer. He focused more on the entertainment side in yeah. the theater and stuff like okay, that. Okay, cool. Um, you know, he's rodeo clown and, and also a professional awesome. clown. And, and he taught. Your dad's a professional clown? That's yeah. so cool. And he, he even taught at the University of Utah back in the oh, 80s. Oh, wow. So. Wait, so did you grow up more... Up this direction? Yeah, in the Mill Creek area. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so um, so as a kid, there was a lot of art in my life. And then, and then uh, I don't know, I got a lot of praise and we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, and my mom would give, give me a lot of paper to play with. And mm. so that's what I, I, I did. So most of it was actually not drawing, but yeah. folding, folding Interesting. paper. Not origami, but like... Were you folding and cutting? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, and I would... I. Uh, Transformers really were really popular when I was a kid. Yeah. And so I wanted Transformers. All my friends had these real expensive Transformer yeah. toys. And so I made my own. And so it's a lot that, of fun. That's awesome. So if you if you were feeling like you weren't feeling creative but you were getting praise, mm-hmm. like why why weren't you connecting like the praise with your own sense of creativity? Do I don't think? know. Um I've I've had that running through my head a lot lately because yeah. I uh you know, I've just been three years full-time artist and and everyone tells me I'm an artist and I'm like am yeah, I <laughs> am I so weird I don't know you know and so creative I guess I just create and that's just what I yeah. do and it's kind of like asking a horse you totally. know that saying when you ask a horse what it's like the to be a horse, horse is they're like, like what well, what do you mean what's it like what do you mean yeah yeah so it was maybe kind of like you were getting praise but you but do you think it was maybe like you didn't feel like you were working on it and so it was like why are you praising me for this like this is just what I'm doing? Maybe I've ran that through my head trying to figure it out. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think, I think for me, it's like when I know what's going on behind the curtain, it's yeah. not magic anymore, you know? Totally. And so yeah. for me, it's just, I'm, it's what I do. Yeah. And, um, and I think from people on the outside, they're like, Oh, you're an artist, you're yeah. creative. And I'm like, am I? That's you know, what like, like this whole podcast is about. Like it's called artifice because I think there is this weird disconnect between like the magic people see and then the behind the scenes stuff, which is why like yeah. I want to get artists take uh, takes on on that, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, people forget to think about all kinds of things, including like, you know, 
including but not limited to like how painstaking our creative processes can yeah. be or sometimes how totally non like just how maybe non-magical they are in, yeah. in all kinds of ways um, yeah sometimes yeah. i create something and i feel like for me it's it's really nothing you know yeah. like like i put um you know time into it and i was trying to think about how to yeah. connect people but when it starts performing i'm kind of surprised that it's connecting people you yeah know? That's yeah. so interesting. I, uh, yeah, I have that experience. And then I sometimes also have the opposite experience where like maybe I had a, a really magical time making something mm -hmm. and then people like don't, oh, they yeah, don't yeah. see that. You know, I feel like that sometimes happens too. Like either think like people get impressed by things in a way that I, that I'm like, I get confused about like now, why did that, why did you like that? But then like, I, yeah, like, or even just like, it's a small thing, but like, I'll post something on Instagram that gets like, you know, a whole bunch of likes. And then like, I'll post something that I'm really proud of. And I'll notice my followers have gone down like by three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, I'm so confused about what it is that you want. Yeah. <laughs> you nameless, faceless, I, I question work, mark people. I work in uh, apparel predominantly, you know, yeah. and um. Early on, I'd create graphics that I'd put a lot of heart into, yeah. and then they would go out, and they wouldn't sell very well. But yeah. sometimes I would take 15 minutes on Just one, little, like, and it would doodle. go out, and it would turn over so lots crazy. and lots of a uh, retail product. And yeah. so, so that that's it. Really baffled me early on, but yeah. after a while, I think I started to realize it was uh, me letting my ego mm. get involved. Mm -hmm. You know, and and so my passion needs to be there, otherwise people don't feel the art. Yeah. But if my ego gets involved, sometimes they can't relate anymore because yeah. it's art I'm creating for me. It's like not too abstract them. or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Interesting. I've never done anything abstract <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, I'm joking. Everything I do is abstract. Um, well, let's talk more about your, about your like young, cre like your creative development. Cause I, I get obsessed about it. So, um, so you were doing a lot of creative stuff. Like you were just spending a lot of your time making things drawing yeah. things, folding. Um, do you remember, like, did it feel like entertaining to you or did it feel like something else? Um, it's a good way to pass time. And it's, I feel like it builds, and I don't mean that like casually, it, yeah. like it builds. Um, it's like a productive way yeah. to pass time. It's an enriching way to pass time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I and, get it. And so, yeah, I think, I think it, it it was very um, soothing to me, you know, especially where, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah. especially where um, it was very soothing where I I lived in a in a place where my friends had you know all these toys and all yeah. these things and that was very some, something very powerful to me and so mm. I had that and that actually was a way like of play made and up a, for it somehow yeah, and yeah. It made up for it and i don't feel like i was missing out yeah actually i feel yeah. like i actually got something a little better yeah um you know because i had to think a little yeah. bit more yeah. do you i mean this is such an impossible question to answer like you there's no way you can know but do you think if you had had like a, just a ton of toys and video games that you would still have like would you have just been creative with that stuff I think I would have still, yeah. But, um, but Maybe I think it would have medium. hindered. Oh. It would have hindered me because yeah. it's those quiet moments when yeah. the mind is busy doing its own thing That's that so creativity comes out. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really, really true. Like I talk about that with a lot of artists. I mean, I do, I have occasionally heard artists say things about, you know, that they need to be really busy and like Mm. something about that kind of something about a bit of chaos will like spark their creativity. But I think, I think most, most of the artists I've talked to are more like, like you and, and me where like you kind of need to be like, you know, as an adult, I feel like it's harder to find that time than it was for me as a child. Cause I also like, you know, we had a TV, but we didn't have a lot of channels. And furthermore, we were not allowed to watch it very often and we didn't have a video game system and like i was playing by myself like in the backyard climbing trees trying to catch lizards oh yeah you know um spending a lot of time drawing spending a lot of time just like you know holding up a hairbrush and singing in my bedroom like pretending it's a microphone you know who knows like playing dress up like alone whatever um but but a lot of that kind of just dreamy like fantasy time um yeah i my brain still needs that to kind of get into that creative space yeah definitely i i relate to that busy and liking the busy Mm. um that really helps me in many ways the pressure i love the pressure Mm. i love that last minute needing to push something Mm. out but when a project is not coming through yeah. Then I find the best thing to do is walk away from the project, find a place where my cell phone doesn't work, you know, yeah. up in the mountains, there's no service right. and not think about it. Go but when I come back down, yeah. then I've got the solutions and something about that silence can, yeah. can really solve some thing. of the biggest I'll, I'll things. I'll take my dog on a walk and like not listen to anything, just like mm-hmm. let it be silent. Or, um, or the other thing I love is like in the summertime, I usually have a lot of wedding gigs and a lot of them are out of state. Not this year though. Um, and I'll I'll spend a lot of time thinking like while I'm driving. You oh, know, there's, yeah. there's nothing like driving to Montana and just like, you know, just a little brainstorm. Yeah. Because yeah, you can't I'm do anything else. Um, okay, so back to your childhood once again. We'll keep going <laughs> back there for a little bit. Um, did you ever did you feel like you wanted to get better at it? Like did you ever kind of feel like, I wonder if I could like do this or like were you, were you ever trying? Um, yeah, I think I was. Uh, I didn't really focus a lot on growth. Um, I think it was a little bit of amazement. Like yeah. when I would take up a new tactic, you know, like when my dad was teaching me how to do perspective, uh, drawing the perspective, the horizon line, all of that, it became really curious, like to yeah. watch myself do it. And I'm like, oh, I can do it. Yeah, and to it was like that see moment it of, happen. Yeah, it was crazy. that moment of like, whoa, yeah. I can do it. That that really, um, you know, to get a new set of rules yeah. and then follow them. And and, totally. and not only that, but to bend them and break them in the right ways that that it was inter- entertaining. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, talk to me more about like, I, I'd like to know more about how your dad was involved in your creativity. And maybe I'll start by asking, well, first, yeah, first of all, who was giving you this praise? Was it mostly parents or was it like other people too? Um, it was teachers. Te- a lot of school teachers, teachers, school teachers. Okay. Um, my parents were really quite busy. And okay. so, um, I mean, I, I spent a lot of good time with them. But when we were, it's like I was out fishing with my dad or, okay. or um, hiking. And he would teach me about the wilderness, you know. Yeah. Um, he was an artist, but he was an artist when he was younger and he had given that up and moved okay. into the entertaining, which is another type of art. But I mean, like he was a visual artist early and on. Then he beca- and, then, and then he was doing clowning. Mm-hmm. And what, so, what else was he doing? I mean, 
Oh, he did a little bit of everything. He yeah. uh, he was a California state champ in roller skating in oh Paris gosh. back in the, I can't remember when, way back. Crazy. Um, yeah, and so he's he's just always loved the entertaining. He loves he loves the attention, and he yeah. and um, that really fuels him. And I think in some way I like it the same way, yeah. but not not drawn on me while I'm performing. I like to mm. present the artwork afterwards mm. and then get the praise because I'm a little shy, you know. I'm this well. I'm the same way. In fact, I was just talking about this with another guest like last week. I think I think my last interview about how like getting compliments in person is hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not that you don't want them, but like in writing is better. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Then you can think about it later. You can like look at the subject line and then be like, I'll open that maybe in an hour. (laughs) Yeah. I I like it because, because it doesn't challenge my current view of myself and I can reevaluate on my own term without someone else there. Yeah. Yeah, And having someone like right in your face, giving you, even if it's the prey, like the most, the most positive praise. It's not like any backhanded anything. It's just hard. It's hard in person. Like, I don't yeah. know. Well, I'd actually rather the backhanded stuff in person. I guess I feel like true. I can, then you can ask yeah. questions. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and then true. grow from that moment. But well, if someone yeah. has like the guts to like give you a, you know, a criticism in person, then you kind of have to respect that. Oh, I yeah, mean, definitely. if it's a constructive criticism, I guess, um, yeah. you don't need to respect constructive, criticism that is not constructive do we call it deconstructive i didn't know i got stuck on it just now i'll I'll call it that (laughs) i think i think destructive maybe destructive yeah yeah Mm, just criticism perhaps yeah probably yeah um yeah so with with your dad like well okay was your mom an artist too um she wasn't creative but she was talented okay so um, I'd seen her draw and I was really impressed with what she could draw without, okay. you know, like, like without any Tra- like training. training or practice or anything. She so was pretty good. I'm trying to think of like specifically what I want to ask. And I, and I think basically it's, you know, my parents are not creative people and I can't, ima- I can't imagine how it would have affected me as a child to have had parents who were just like, number one, even casually very creative and number two like professionally creative and creative in like a way an engaged way um Mm -hmm. so maybe i like you you teach some now right um no i've done a couple lectures and stuff like that which i guess that falls under teaching but not the kind of thing maybe where like you're hearing from students yeah i think i'm wondering if you can reflect it all on like how having like creativity just as a given, like if you can think of how, how that affected how you thought about that stuff. Um, maybe the best way to, it's hard to like answer it yeah. without comparing it, you know, like you can, yeah. how can you reflect on what was there without having experienced it? Not there. Well, but, go ahead. I say that they were creative, but um, still like what I've heard from small, so many other creative types is that, that people would tell them stuff like, you know, there's no career in, in the arts or you won't make a lot of money or you'll be a starving artist, you know? And my parents, even though they were, um, well, my dad particularly was really creative. He, he still would kind of push, push it away. Um, and maybe that's part of his generation, just a belief that, that the arts couldn't really pay. And so, well, sometimes they kind of don't, sometimes they don't, but, but there's, there's a, there's a whole different conversation there. Well, there's, go, there's go plenty ahead. of people yeah. who 
plenty of uh, different places for money to come in. A lot right. of places that are starving for for art and totally. And so, um, all you have to do is approach them. You so just, there's, all there's you have money. to do is be creative. Be creative, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think I want to know more. Like, I'm interested in like the values around it. Like, maybe not as as it is a career, but you know, I don't know. Can you remember like any? I'd love to just have a snapshot of like what your relationship to art was or relationship to creativity, like how you remember valuing it or what it meant to you or like what you thought it might mean to the world or other people. Well, I think for the most part, um, and this is going to sound like a little bit of a sad story, but I promise it's not. So what? So as I got okay started, if, if it is, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just not. It's it's actually a pretty good success story, but it sounds cool. rough at first. So my parents pushed me a lot, and I just did art because that's where I got the praise, and and I did a lot of art, um, but I enjoyed you know things more like eventually I got into making games, board games, okay. and and stuff like that, and. Um, and so I'd make these games and I enjoyed the mechanisms way more than the actual illustrating them. Yeah. And, um, and I just kind of went with that. And then I, I went in college and I was going to be an art teacher and I was just doing everything that everyone was saying, Hey, do this, you yeah. ought to do this. And so yeah. that's what I was doing. And then I got into, um, college and was taking these classes and I'm like, do I really want to be an artist? Yeah. And, um, and then that, then that's where for the first time I got actual, legit praise not just from family mm-hmm. members or friends who are like oh you're amazing but yeah. you know so I go in and I apply for a, an art scholarship and I don't get it yeah and I didn't deserve it my portfolio was really weak but it um but then within that first year they came to me and gave me a scholarship an art yeah. scholarship and and then I started noticing that that the other artists in my classes were turning to me hmm. and um and then I started getting awards in the different shows I was in. And at that point, I was just like, well, maybe I am an artist, you know. Yeah. And I'm still in that, debating that. We you all know? are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I, I mean, artists are put up on this pedestal, and I'm yeah. just I'm you're, just Paul, Paul. who yeah. goes home at the end of the day, right? right? But um, so anyways, I started getting these awards, and about that point is when I was like, maybe I am. Um, maybe, maybe I, I do have, have this something. talent. Yeah. yeah, and I started realizing that was connecting people and not to skip forward too far, but yeah, well, don't worry. I'll go back. Okay. (laughs) That's my job. Okay. (laughs) Um, so anyway, so eventually I, I gave up all art altogether. I just, um, life came at me really hard and, and I suffered some serious losses in family and religion and, um, community. And, um, and I sat in an apartment with, I couldn't even afford furniture and I wasn't even sure I was going to pay for the next month of rent. So I had one month for sure. Yeah. And I'm sitting there after this huge crash and I just walked away from art and it was cause I was in survive, you totally. know? Totally. Yeah. And so I walked away from it and I just turned everything from art to adventure. Cause I just mm-hmm. believed that everything can be taken away from you except for what you've done. Yeah. And so I started going out and just having these wonderful outdoor adventures. And um, I felt like my time was a waste at the moment. You know, like I was just kind of like in survive. But now I have all that to call upon, which actually benefits me really well within my field. You know, and... um, How old were you at at that time? I was 30. I I think it was 
Yeah, 30. And I'm yeah. 45, I think now. Congratulations. So, <laughs> thanks. What a great age. Oh, I know. I I'm love it. I'm 32. Oh, nice. Not 30 also, but 30. 32. Two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good time. 30, 30 has been my life change because well, it crashed, was, but that's yeah, when it got really I good I asked too. because I, I feel like I've gone through kind of a similar type of a thing recently. Like, you know, my, my three years ago, four years ago, my mom was diagnosed with brain cancer and we had a bad relationship. And so it kind of, it kind of like stirred up a lot of things that I had been not dealing with. Mm-hmm. And then I also had like an, I, left Mormonism, um, which had been something that had been like a big part of my life. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I had a similar response, only the adventures that I'm going on are things like this podcast, you know, oh, yeah, I've just yeah. been like, well, I guess I'll create everything that I think of. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but I, I relate to that feeling of like, wow, you really can kind of lose, mm-hmm. you can lose things. Yeah. Um, and, and I was a similar age when, when I kind of had that um, real realization of like time is really precious and mm-hmm. um, yeah. So you, you started prioritizing like experience. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I put off everything, everything that anyone told me to do. I actually just shoved aside. I'm like, I'll worry about that, that later. People were like, yeah. Paul, get married. And I was like, I'll worry about that later. And they, and they just everything, anyone, who told me how to behave or anything. Yeah. I just would say, would you want to go on an adventure? And yeah. I would just throw, throw how it about, out. How about spelunking? Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and um, How about instead? <laughs> big, big road trips, going yeah. out to the desert. I love the desert. That's, yeah. that's probably my favorite. You know, cool. But just going out and then, and then uh, it's kind of silly because I'd get out to these areas and sometimes I'd go alone. And I'd get out there and that's where the demons would just come at me, you know, yeah. from, from my, my experience. But, but that was really good. And, um, just, you know, I've been some amazing places yeah. and, and all of that I wouldn't have if it wasn't for, yeah for that crash. And, um, and I don't think I really ever picked myself up from the crash. I just adjusted yeah. to a whole different life. Yeah. You know? And paradigm uh, shift. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Complete. And, um, yeah. And then I didn't come back to art until, until I was just working in a little shop, um, little screenshot printing t-shirts and I love spinning the press and that was just my favorite thing yeah. spinning the press all day long and then and then when I was done I would go on an adventure you know yeah. I'd just go up in the mountains or yeah sometimes I'd, I'd even go up and throw up a hammock and yeah. then come back down and work the next day like yeah. it was just I love that yeah and so it was just um my life was frantic but and and my friends were like Paul how do you keep doing this and I'm like I don't know yeah. I just do it you know yeah do you but you kind of liked it I did right yeah I yeah. liked it because there wasn't time to to slow down and I was yeah. creating all these memories yeah. that couldn't be, well, I mean, memories can be lost, but, uh, but you know, like yeah. moments that couldn't totally. be lost. Yeah. No. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's what I was doing. But then when I came back to art, um, I was working that, sh- that little screen shop and a brand was there and they were selling shirts into REI and they asked me if I'd do a design for them. And that very first design, you know, they paid me, they paid me just a little bit of money for it, but um, that first design, it landed huge. Wow! It went out, and I don't know the exact numbers, but it was somewhere in three hundred to four hundred thousand in retail product that it pushed. Wow! And and um, at, at that moment, I was like, 
whoa, yeah. what is this? Yeah. You know, like I, I, I thought I understood myself, you know, yeah. work hard, play harder, work hard, play harder. Yeah. And then at this moment, all of a sudden I'm, I'm sitting there, I've got this talent that, um, that is making someone a lot of money. Yeah. And, well, not just one somebody, but a whole group of somebody's, yeah. you know, and that's, that's when I started thinking about art very yeah. differently. Okay, let's reconnect to that. I like how you said, I thought I knew myself. That's like, that's also like, <laughs> what an art thought to have. I, I want to say like, not for you, but for the listener, just before I forget, this thing that you're talking about of like, having this paradigm shift. Um, when I when I said before, like, it's a whole different conversation about whether art makes money. And really what I mean with that, and, and it's something that I... I feel like I need to talk about more on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when part of this thing, when we think like art doesn't make money, part of that conversation is having a certain type of an expectation for what kind of a life we think we're supposed to have. And yeah. you don't need, like if you ha- if you were a doctor, you couldn't have the kind of life that you were doing you yeah, couldn't go on a hammock not. and then come you know you you couldn't do that so i mean i think it's i think it's worth like remembering to be creative too about like what success means mm-hmm. um and what your values are um and you know certainly there are combinations of like values and skills that that don't that that are going to be difficult to combine like this is the skill that i want to make this kind of life with um but like drawing hard binaries on those things is such a bad idea Um, yeah does that make does that make sense it's just it's something i've been thinking about recently i think i think i'm with you on that yeah i don't want to decide who i am ever like because if i if i do i feel like i really limit myself and that's taken me a little while to to learn that you know well and sometimes even just remembering to think like well okay, maybe, maybe if I do this, it will have this effect that might feel like a negative to some people, but there's this other positive that's actually like more important to me. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just kind of, again, like creatively hacking your way through to like a life that feels good to you on a kind of a day-to-day basis. Um, okay. So, you know, I like to start with the childhood because I think it's important to establish like what, what was your what was your first relationship with creativity? Because um, I I do think in some ways that sets a tone for how you think about creativity. So it sounds like you had a really like nurturing relationship with it. Like it yeah. was exploratory. I feel like the way you just kind of said your dad would talk with you about creativity while you were fishing, like that adventure was like like it took you until later to like marry them together. Yeah. yeah um, but it sounds like the that the beginning of that like you know, creativity being exploratory and being associated with, um, you know, these kind of positive things that started early. Um, and then I usually like to talk, I like to move into like teen years and talk with people or, or young adulthood, you know, depending on your life. Um, but talk with people about how you started like really getting better at stuff. So the fact that you were going to major in art tells me that by the time you were 18, you were at least a little bit serious about art. Is that right? A little bit. Um, I'm serious enough to, to maybe declare it as a major. So uh, what I'd like to know is how did you, what happened when you started maybe like working on art more as, a, as like a teen? Um, 
I don't think I really did as a teen, honestly. Um, I just, my teen years were pretty simple. I, you know, I just went to school yeah. and, and, uh, and then I would get out and go down to the field and build on my treehouse, And that was, you were building. Yeah. So, okay. So maybe instead yeah. I'll ask like, what were you doing? Like what kind of mediums were you working in? Like, what were you making? Yeah. I mean, occasionally I would still draw. I mean, I never, never stopped drawing ever, but, okay. um, but you weren't like, I'm really getting great at this. Yeah. I wasn't okay. really was, focused on that. It was that. like something you did for fun. Yeah. I, I just really wanted to be in the now, you know, just be where I was at. And, um, and art wasn't really a, it wasn't really anything pressing hard on me. Um, yeah. I liked the praise from it, so I do it, but it wasn't really something I was pursuing too hard. Okay. I mean, I didn't pursue it until much later, you know, but it was something that, that was just always there, um, especially in the quiet moments or, or, uh, you know, like when I'd go to church and, yeah. and the, the lectures yeah. were just so long and yeah. hard on topics that my little kid head didn't really, yeah. um, you weren't inspired by, or yeah, I didn't, I didn't even want to wrap my hand around those yeah, concepts, you know, and so bored. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very bored. And so yeah. I would just draw, you know, and yeah. so, so that's what I would draw and people would get caught up and, um, in what I would draw. And so they'd request things. Okay. So that's about, that's really about it. And, and I, you know, I have a very strong visual, um, mind. And so when I see something, particularly animals, I can often recreate them without having to look at another picture of them yeah. or whatnot. And so people found that fun, but it was really more of a novelty than it was sure. actually anything else. Um, so we, would you say you were mostly drawing in response to requests? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Interesting. And then, yeah, what else were you doing that was creative? And I mean that in like the broadest sense, like what felt creative to you? Um, it, it could also just be like how you were thinking about stuff. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't really think too hard. I just had my friends I wanted to run around with. You, were, um, you said you were building. Yeah. We, we were all kind of working on this treehouse and building it. It okay. wasn't anything fancy. It was just fun. And then, then the crazy thing is we'd just go out and, uh, and there was these two trees in this field that were separated by the field. And we would just divide out. And so some of my friends would run off to one side and then, you know, some of us stay under the other yeah. tree and then we'd just battle each other as if we were enemies for, yeah. for the whole day. But that's so play. I mean, I think play. playing pretend yeah. is also creative. Yeah, that's what I mean so. with like thinking creatively. Like, you know, I, I want to understand your relationship to art and your relationship to creativity, which is why like, you know, I like to go in these developmental phases because whether or not you're doing like, typical things during mm -hmm. your childhood or you know your your human development is is happening so yeah um, so I kind of like to like grab grab some childhood stuff grab some teen years stuff um I had another question oh were you do did you ever do any performing uh I liked the idea of it but I didn't like the attention okay it's just too many eyes on me yeah you know and um and so I really love the idea uh and and I think the reason why I didn't like the attention came from a moment when, when, um, you know, my parents had this box of old clothes and, um, and all of my, my nieces and nephews, they're my age cause I was born so much later. So they're, yeah. they were all over and, and they were my age and they, we were hanging out and we went through this box and everyone's dressing up and we were going to, I was just young at this time, you know, this is probably preteens, but anyway, so I was just going to, um, we all dressed up and we we're going to go do a parade because my dad was a clown. We were in parades all the time. Yeah. You know, I'd, 
I'd have the makeup on and I'd go out and help him in the parade. So anyways, we're going to do this parade for the adults. Sorry, how old were you? Um, This is probably, I don't know, elementary time. So anyways, um, so we dressed up in in, uh, the different funny clown costumes and whatnot. And when we got done, there was only one left in the box and it was a dress. And so I put it on. And and when we marched up, I was I was the one that was cross dressed, you know. Yeah. And um, and so we march up, and and uh, everyone started laughing, and I loved the attention. Everyone was laughing, yeah. but then my dad saw me, and whatever fear it kicked out in him, oh, no. um, it, it definitely he came down on me really hard. I was thinking it was going to be the opposite thing, where your dad was encouraging, and the group, the crowd was not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I was. I'm sorry, that's hard. Well. It, it was hard in some ways. Um, it definitely came down on me in a way that, that scared me away from performing. Yeah. Um, you know, because I was just a sensitive kid back then. Well, I'm, how dare you? <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Being a sensitive child is, it goes hand in hand with being an art, an artistic child, I think, or an artistic yeah. person. So, so I stared away yeah. from that, even though my dad was very much in the theater. Um, That's so interesting because like the other question that I had that I wanted to ask about your childhood is like, you know, clowning is really misunderstood mm -hmm. and it's very kind of from from what I gather, like it's very nuanced and it's very like, um, I mean, I think there can be like a lot of depth behind it that people forget to think about. Yeah. And I, I wanted to ask how, you know how having specifically a parent in a medium that's so misunderstood, like if there were conversations about that kind of thing, like there if, was if, a little bit, um, if you were taught to kind of like think past like a, you know, top, yeah. top layer. Well, I know there was a lot of uh, controversy around clowns and, um, but for me, I knew the clowns I knew, you know, cause my dad was part of the, the Utah jesters. And so Really, I had an extended family of people who on the weekends would be clowns, but then yeah. the rest of the time were just regular like people. And serious so, people. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. barbecues and yeah. and pool parties. And we'd get together because we all had similar passions, at yeah. least, you know, my, my with my dad, they had similar passions with him. So we'd get together for that. And they were like extra aunts and uncles. Yeah. Um, and so it was a lot of fun that way. But Were you like aware as a young person that you like knew how to think about people in like multifaceted ways? I I think I was. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it comes from, I think partly also my dad, uh, he wasn't just a regular clown. He actually got a fair amount of attention, um, from the media and stuff like that. Mm. And so I knew that when he was out doing the stuff with the media, that he was very different than when he was at home. And, and also that, that sometimes he loved the attention and then other times he just wanted his personal time to be with his family or mm -hmm. whatnot. And so I started thinking of entertainers that way too. Yeah. You know, like, like my relationship with an entertainer is only what they are giving to me. But some people feel like, like they, they take that home with them too, you know? And, yeah. and so I did, I did see the difference yeah. between entertaining and, and um, where that ended in their personal yeah. life began. That's that like artifice stuff too. I think like, you know, whether or not the entertainer or the artist is is trying to project um, a, a, a different self than like their at-home self. Yeah. Whether or not that's a goal, which like I think for some entertainers it is, mm -hmm. like there's a storytelling element. And for some entertainers, they're really trying to be themselves, but 
regardless, people will misinterpret it, you know, like regardless, which I, which I think implies a type of artifice, whether or not it's like on purpose, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's, there are assumptions being made. Were you finished? Were you, were you going to say something else about that one experience? Uh, about which, which about experience? the cross-dressing experience oh. about the the dress clown experience <laughs> well it just really like surprised me and, you know i did because you know my dad dressed up and to be fair he put on makeup and wig and went out and entertained yeah. on the weekend right I, that's why I'm, i was confused about i'm surprised to hear that story yeah well i think it comes from because he's he's you know from a, a much older generation right. you know he's right. a he was a World War II vet and and so i think it just was a certain amount of fear yeah. that was um, from the culture that he was raised in. And, and so I think that's what he came down on me, um, you know, for, and I don't want to judge him for it because he comes from a different culture, but, um, well, it's maybe just more about how it affects, affected you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it definitely had a impact. Um, I've had a lot of friends who are in theater and, and I love to be where they're at. So I'd go work on the, the crew, you know, so I could be with them, but I just, I like to have that dark shirt on and be in the shadows. Yeah. You You want to be like around it, mm -hmm. but not in it. Well, that's, and that also plays really well into who I am now because, you know, like as a, as an illustrator, graphic illustrator, I'm out there creating graphics for brands and, and people don't know me, you know, I'm creating, um, you know, some things that sell 2000 copies or, or 4,000 or 8,000 copies. Yeah. And, um, and it's the brand that gets all the, credit for right. it. And I don't mind that. I like yeah. that actually. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, and then one last question about your teen creativity. Were you ever like writing anything? Yeah. I, I love writing. Tell um, me all about that. Yeah. I suck. I suck at English though. I, I, um, until, until I was in college, I, uh, flunked out of every English class I ever took, you know? Yeah. And, um, well, the writing of the language is a different thing than like the writing the of the creating. story. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I've always had little stories. Um, I'm a natural storyteller. Uh, some of my friends would tell me, you know, and, cool. and I just have these little stories that run through my head. You know, How so. did you come up with stuff? Or like, I mean, again, I want to understand like your relationship to creativity. And it sounds like this feels like incidental to you. Like storytelling is just, it just is. It, like it just is a thing. But like, you know, I, I'd like to know more. Like, how, how are you thinking about it? Like, how were you telling the stories to your friends? Were you writing them down or? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would write them. I would just tell them, um, a little bit of both. And then I would draw the characters out or different things. Um, and I've got some worlds that are really in a lot of depth that are just sitting in boxes. And I'm like, one day I'll go back and I'll write that. You know, I don't have enough time right now, especially where I'm pursuing all sorts of stuff. And I, I would love to think that I, um, could pursue a career writing, yeah. but honestly, I don't have enough time to do everything. Yeah. And so that one's on the side, Yeah, but it is it's definitely, there, it's there as a dream. Oh, it's, 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 it's in a, my game plan project. Yeah. It's there as a project. It's in my game plan. Once I hit a certain point with my art, I'm going to start dedicating once, once a week or maybe even twice a week to writing, kind but, of a full day. but that's, that's after I've taken care of all my financial needs for retirement and sure. everything. So cool. that's, that's the plan that way. Um, and if it doesn't sell at that point, I won't care because I'm financially taken care of. You know? Yeah. Um, up until like this point, you know, where you're again, like kind of becoming an adult, like maybe going to college. Um, what, what kind of, what kind of relationship were you having to the media you were consuming? Whether that's like TV or books or just visual, whatever. Yeah. I, I really, 
This is going to sound funny because I focus a lot on outdoor type stuff. Yeah. But I'm a huge fantasy and sci-fi fan. Yeah. Huge, huge. You know, I so love that stuff anything too. with dragons or spaceships or you know anything like that. And so that's that's my favorite. And I think also why that's my favorite is it's in a field that I don't work in. Yeah. So I get to go in and turn my brain off mm. and really get to just take on these dreams that these other creatives have have made, and yeah, I get yeah, to yeah. just absorb them. And I don't. I can't it critique them. Take anything from you, yeah. It's yeah. just like it's only cool. yeah, because it's yeah. in a whole different field than what I that work in. Sense. So I just, I just allow myself to be immersed. It in just those like worlds. lights up your brain in a different way than you normally yeah get. Yeah, cool, very much so. Okay, so you said you were going to start off as uh, like your idea was to be an art teacher, but like help me connect the dots. Like, did you go to? Did you start college right after high school? No, I, I actually, so I flunked yeah. out of high school okay. and dropped out. Okay. So I dropped out and, okay. um, and you know, I, I started to deal with a little bit of depression and yeah. I know a lot of artists deal with it, but I really think mine, my depression, maybe it's not, maybe it's connected, but I feel like it's a separate thing. It was just, yeah. um, from the pressures of society sure. and, and I was such a sensitive person back then, you know? And so yeah. I just wanted to please everyone and that, and yeah. that, uh, created super high anxiety yeah. and, um, and so it led to, led to me just crashing, a uh, complete crash. And um, this isn't the crash that turned right. my life around. This I know, because that was when you were 30. I'm yeah. paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I got you. <laughs> so, so it just, um, it actually uh, kicked me into a, a pretty intense um, situation of depression and anxiety yeah. and agoraphobia. Okay. Um, and you were like a, an older teen. Yeah. So this is, yeah, like, this is like 18, okay. um, 18, 19 and 20 is when I was dealing with this really heavy. And, um, it was, it was really damning to me. I just couldn't, couldn't do anything. I couldn't like just the fear of upsetting someone or whatnot just weighed really heavy. And I actually locked myself in my bedroom for about two years. Well, one year almost solid. And, and it's just, um, when I, when I was in there, I was like, I got thinking, you know, like, what is my story going to be when I'm done with this life? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I thought, well, it's not going to be this, this is a chapter. I'm, I'm done with this chapter. And so, so I came out of that, um, bedroom. Did you have help? Like, did you get, did you have support? Yeah. We we tried to get me some therapy. My mom worked really hard to get me therapy and stuff, but, um, it's hard to, hard to really rely on therapists, especially when they have their own, um, their own things that might make it like some therapists are really amazing, Bias, but others yeah. are, are just, there trying to figure out their themselves in some way, you know? Yeah. And, um, on the budget that my mom had, yeah. we couldn't go to some of these higher so end. You, so, yeah. So, so I struggled with you, some of the therapy. And then, and then eventually you, you kind of just, well, I, I just believe light bulbed yourself out of there. I, I forced myself out. It, yeah. it took everything I had. Um, I, so I had agoraphobia, which means fear yeah. of leaving, right. you know, leaving the house. And so what I did is I went out and found a crowd and I stood in the middle oh of it. Oh my gosh. And everything Exposure in my body therapy. felt like on fire. Yeah. Wow. But it, I did it too much. I pushed too hard. And that's mm-hmm. when I started getting panic attacks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it was a really rough time there. Um, I wasn't creating hardly any art at that point or yeah. anything. It was just, you know, just dealing with the the emotions. Yeah. Um, but... After a little bit, I started realizing that I was giving everyone too much weight and too much credit. Yeah. And and I needed to stop doing that and started giving myself yeah. the credit and trust my my own decisions, you know. It sounds to me like I mean, it sounds to me like you were that was a lot of creative thinking. Like I mean, 
you know, I want to be really careful to say like people, people need medication. Oh yeah. Definitely. I take antidepressants, um, you know, <laughs> like, uh, and not, you know, it's not the kind of thing that, that everybody or, or maybe anybody can really kind of just think their way out of, but it sounds like you were, you were like part of it. The story for you is like thinking about the future, like having a creative mm-hmm. projection, um, and imagining what you wanted and knowing that yeah, it wasn't going to connect unless you did some things differently. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it took a lot of work. Um, you know, I, and I was on some medication through some yeah. of it, you know, and, and, um, eventually I decided not to take the medication, but I did talk yeah. with my therapist on that, yeah. you know, and we, we worked through that. Um, he wasn't always excited about my decisions, but, yeah. but we, we did work through that and, um, but I just had a huge drive and that's what it was. Mm. I was just like, this is not who I'm going to be. This is yeah. who I am, but this is not who I'm going to yeah. be. And so uh, for me, it was accepting yeah. myself, but not accepting myself to be that like same that person current, later. Yeah. yeah. Again, I feel like that's just, it's creative. Like being, yeah. to, to be able to think in that kind of a line um, and to think about like authenticity as something that's like evolving. Yeah. Um, so what happened? Like what, what happened when, when you were able to start going out again more regularly and. Well, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, when I'm, did you go to college or when did you start college? I started in 2000. So. Okay. Well, how, when in your age, when in your life? Um, how old was I? 25, I think. Okay. So in between, in so in between the, the 18 year old, low point and the 30 year old low point you went to college wait say it again so in between in between 18 and 30 yeah so i've got i've got these like these these time these i'm built trying to build a timeline so in 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 between there around 25 that's when you went to college mm-hmm. so tell me like how how did that happen like how did you decide to do it how did you like what, so what, what did you do so i uh, i got married and i okay. and i went out into uh into the workforce. And I was just like, oh yeah, I can do this. And then I started running calculations and thinking, I'm not going to make a lot of money doing, doing this without a degree, you know? And I'd worked my way up to be a retail manager at a greenhouse. And I was loving that. I loved it. It was just working with the plants was amazing. But I, I knew what their top, you know, where they would cap me off on the salary. And I was just like, it's like, I I can't make it here. And, and so um, my option was to go back to college and that at least that was the one that was most clear to me. And yeah. so, so that's what I decided to do. And I decided to be a teacher knowing that teachers aren't paid a lot, but, um, but they are, um, there's a lot of benefits yeah. that they also have, you know, yeah. so, Security. and I like the idea of, of having the summer where I could really focus on writing. Cause yeah. at the time when I was 20, I really wanted to be an author. And so, okay. I, in fact, I wrote a novel back then. It's okay. not published and, yeah. and it's in pretty bad shape, but I did write a novel back then, you know, and so I was like, I'm going to make this work. And what I was so What genre determined. is it? Uh, pure sci-fi. Cool. Uh, as sci-fi as you can get. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Not space opera. Um, it was pretty, like it was a combination of hard sci-fi and, and, and maybe a little bit of space opera, but cool. yeah. And so I wrote that and I was just so determined that's what I was going to do. And so, um... I guess that's actually what pushed me into the art career was um, that would give me, you know, like two months out of the year that I could really focus on yeah. writing. Um, you know, I think 
I think even just this small thing of thinking like, okay, I know I want to be writing, like choosing, like thinking about teaching as a way to like problem solve the things you want and like your values. Mm -hmm. That's another example of this kind of thing that I'm talking about of like, they're like, people talk to us, you know, people, whatever, older people, parents, teachers, they talk to us in a way like there are two paths. There's like, you be a lawyer, a doctor, you know, get an MBA or you're a starving artist. And there are all of these combinations of things. There are so many other types of branches that you can take. Um, And especially when as a young person, you don't see people modeling this type of thought of like, if I do this, then it will have these pros and cons. And then Mm -hmm. like just thinking creatively about like, what can my days look like? What can my years look like? Um, I think it's kind of rare that we are able to do that unless we've been shown it by the adults in our lives. I agree. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you have other thoughts about like, how you do that or like, you know, I think like for me, this podcast is a lot of things. It it does a lot of things for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, but I think one of the reasons I'm, I'm interested in this project is I do think there's something that we, that we do as professional creatives that's really valuable, whether or not it's being applied to a career in the arts. And it's this kind of thing, like just imagining a different like something else and then thinking like how do I can I do it um and I I guess my question is just like do you have thoughts about that um I don't know yeah I I think that'd be something I'm kind of pondering on too I I couldn't say I'm exactly any place on that but that might be me and and art in general I I don't even know what my relationship is with art I just know what I do and I know how to make that work and and I know yeah. how to um help people connect to it but yeah. I don't I don't I don't know a lot about the theology of art you know well who does <laughs> yeah. it's very ethereal I mean I think more than anything I probably just want to point out to the listener that 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 little that little moment of like I want to have two months in the summer to write that's really significant I think like just hmm. having that thought it seems significant to me um mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I'd like for more people to understand that like those kinds of decisions are sometimes like, those are the decisions. Oh yeah. Those are the things that make a difference. Yeah, definitely. When I'm creating something, um, you know, something very, that goes out and performs really well, I'm not thinking too hard about making it perform, I'm, but I'm also not thinking too hard about creating something like, like I'm, it's somewhere in between all of that, you know, yeah. but, but I've got to, I've got to keep in mind still the end goal of what that is. Yeah, yeah, I think. Totally. Yeah. So, okay. So you, you wanted to be a writer and you went to college for teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and you w- wanted to teach art. Like, how did you pick that versus just. Cause that's where I had the natural were, praise and the natural it. talent. Okay. Yeah. And, and also, you know, I'd had some bad art teachers and I thought I can be a good art teacher. Dude, that, you know? that's such a thing. I mean, I feel yeah. like that's a big part of the reason that. I like teaching music. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had some yeah, music exactly. teachers that were really irresponsible with how they talked to me about my creativity. And I feel lucky that I like somehow had the resilience to like not let that stop me. But yeah. Um, yeah. 
Uh, did you have any like pushback about choosing that? Like, did you have to like defend it to anybody? Yeah, of course I did. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, had a, have a lot of opinions, you know, and they do. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, the, the only pushback that I actually heard was actually from one of my art teachers that, so he's teaching, he's doing exactly what I want to do and teaching at a place I would like to eventually get. Right. Yeah. And he, you went to school at the U. This was at Snow College. Okay. Um, okay. So, so uh, Carl Purcell, amazing artist, but he's he was there teaching at the time, and he, and he pulled me aside and he said, he said, Paul, don't choose your path too solid. Like, have a direction and run with it. That's such but good don't advice. be so solid on it that 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 you're going to miss another opportunity. And yeah. he said he never wanted to be a teacher. He never planned to be a teacher. And he, he had all these other plans as an artist and that teaching opportunity came through and it was something that was super rewarding to him. And he said he would have never even known that that opportunity was out there. Yeah. And if he had stayed locked in on his goals, he would have missed that. And so that was probably the only criticism I had. Yeah. And it really sunk in. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, and That's he, such good advice. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. And um, he had told me that right. He had just barely been part of the the student show that was being juried. And um, and I didn't understand all that he was talking about because he said a few other things. But as as I got into the student show and I took awards in almost every category that I entered in, yeah. um, I realized he, w- he was talking because he had just barely stepped out of that when okay. he told me that. And yeah. I realized, because you know, he'd also said it's really disappointing that an artist... Um, you have to pardon me patting on my back, my own back for a moment. Yeah. But he said, it's really disappointing when an artist who deserves every award doesn't get every award. Wow. And I didn't know what that meant at yeah. the time, you know, because I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, They if they deserve it, they should. And then, yeah. then when I saw that I was placing in every category, yeah, like, oh and ironically, gosh. I placed first in one category, second in another category, third in another right. category, and, and, and then you, I took best of show. Yeah. So I had like every single... Wow. And then, it, then one category was also an honorable mention. So it was like, I could see it almost seemed strategic that they were trying to spread out the awards. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I was good and I deserved everything because I even got juried out with one in one category. Yeah, you know? that's it. Can still be a super meaningful experience. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. But anyway, so um, so that criticism was very powerful because it came uh, from someone who was doing exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you told me that because much later, that's it was that very situation. I had an opportunity that I would have never mm. have expected that it totally uh, started my art career back up, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I love that advice. I mean, I, I wish someone would have told me that, although maybe I didn't need it because I think that I'm kind of naturally inclined to be uh-huh. <laughs> like curious in that kind of way. But, you know, maybe the way that it affects my life is I teach a lot and I have a lot of students and sometimes like colleagues who are like maybe a little kind of earlier in their careers than I am, who will be like, Emily, how did you do this or that? And I just think like, it's the wrong question to ask because like the way that I did it was so particular to Mm, me just kind of like, being curious about things and and being curious about people too. Like, you know, sometimes people who've given me great opportunities have been people who like are a bit of a dark horse. Like they're not the popular choice. And then suddenly they're, you know, they're like a 
kind of an MVP. And then like, you know, I was a person that was curious about them, like Mm -hmm. at a time when other people weren't or, you know, stuff like that, like just, I don't know, being curious about what you could do, what you might be able to do. Um, keeping your eyes open. It's, it's big. And also just like you said before, like kind of having a drive, not, Mm -hmm. not at all to say that like in our profession, there's not always a clear line between hard work and great results. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Definitely unfortunately, not. like it's, yeah. it's not a straight line, but I mean the drive in a curious sense, in an exploratory sense, always kind of having new skills, you know, just yeah. being curious. Um, you'll never know like what doors some skill could open that started out as play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you finished college, you finished at Snow College. Mm-hmm. And was that like a two-year program back then or? Yeah. So okay. it was two-year and, um, and you know, I still was resisting that I was, uh, you know, like doing well. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I flipped myself completely upside, upside down from, you know, dropping out of high school to graduating with honors at Snow yeah, College. Yeah, I mean, of course so, you doubted that. I mean, it. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know. what what I could do when I left high school. And, and so when I was there, I still, I still doubted. And, you know, I was art student of the year too. And that, that, so I'm, I'm at the honors banquet and I'm, I'm the art student of the year. And I, I'm just like shocked. I, I didn't feel like I deserved internalize it, it. but yeah. yeah, And it wasn't, it wasn't that I felt it was bad or anything. I just like, I didn't think bad on myself or anything. I was just like, like, how did this happen? You yeah. Know? And it was because I worked. It was because yeah. I worked my butt off. Yeah. You know, I figured out what would get me the A, and then I then I ran after that to get more. You yeah, know? cool. And so so that's what... So you, you didn't end up teaching, though. Is that right? Or you no, did? No, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, so what happened? So yeah. <laughs> so I left there, and I went up to USU, and I was working, okay. working so hard at USU. For the listener, Paul grew up, like, closer to Salt Lake City, uh-huh. then at some point moved like several hours south yeah. to like a really, really small town where you live again now. Yeah. Um, that's kind of deserty. It's kind of like that. It's like the Utah landscape people th- think of. Maybe a, like a little less red rock, but... Yeah, no no red rock. Just yeah. imagine sagebrush and, yes. and dry Sage, dirt. Sagebrush yeah. and dry yeah. dirt. At small mountains. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then USU is in Provo, which is like... Oh, uh, USU... USU is in um, oh, uh, I'm Logan. thinking of UVU. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yes. Yeah. What's wrong with me? <laughs> um, yeah. So the far in the other direction, two oh, yeah. hours north of Salt Lake City in far, Gra- farmland, grassy, uh, grassy mountains, and they have like it's like an agriculture type of a place, and, right? Yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Okay, so sorry a, I interrupted you. Why did you go there? Um, well, it wasn't the best art program at the time, but it had been oh. really good. Oh, okay. Sorry, you went there for school. Yeah, I went there for school. So I so I went up there for school, and um, it wasn't the best program at the time, but I really wanted the area. I just loved the area. You, and it was inspiration. So, yeah. It was like research. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Totally. And my, my art teachers from Snow, who, they're amazing. They're ab- Snow was absolutely on top of his game back then. Uh, it still is to to today yeah. i mean even more so than it was it definitely has a reputation as an arts i'm not from utah yeah. so sometimes i miss some of those like um you know just like cultural understanding kinds of things yeah but uh, but i even i know that about snow college yeah this is it's amazing it's like this little art haven 
Yeah. In and, th- and that's uh, that has a lot to do with uh, Carl Purcell and and uh, mm. Adam Larson, who who's running the department now. He's just amazing. But anyway, so when I went up to USU, um, Adam told me I'll be okay up there. He's like, I think it was Adam. Maybe it was maybe it was uh, one of the other teachers. But they said you'll be okay because you got a lot of drive. You'll make it work. And they said when the teachers just aren't quite there, don't don't worry about it. Just mm. take and you'll you know just yeah. get focused. You'll be fine. And so. So that had me a little nervous going up there, yeah. But I really wanted to go up there, and and so it's um, really, really it pretty is, there. It is pretty. Lots yeah. of rain. Amazing mountains. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. green and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So, anyways, um, I was there, and I think it was about my second year. Yeah, it was about my second year up there. That's when I had that big crash that we talked about earlier. Okay. You know, and so it led to a divorce, and um. And it led to uh, hardship with my family, and mm. um, and just some very destructive stuff. I don't, I don't want a pity Paul party, but you know, some very destructive yeah. stuff that all came in, which even turned religious leaders against me. And yeah. and it was just a bunch of stuff that was being uh, rumors that I hadn't done. Mm. And so here I was, just targeted by everyone I loved and everything I loved, you yeah. know. And so, so. Um, I didn't finish school there. I was, I was just so close to graduating. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so that's okay. I mean, I'm oh, well, sorry. I, I got the classes. Yeah. <laughs> I got the classes. Right. I might that's not what have I was saying. Like that, for but... art, your degree doesn't. Yeah. The degree. I say this all the time. The degree isn't the thing that matters. It's the education. Yeah. The, um, the connections and yeah. the education and yeah. the yeah. It's a it's an amazing place to network for yeah. artists. Yeah. Right. But anyway, so. So that's where I crashed, and that's right around when I was okay. thirty, you know. And so, so then what happened? Um, you already told me you yeah, started big, adventuring a lot, big void, and a lot of adventuring. And then you mm-hmm. got a job at a screen printing shop. I, I had that when I when I actually uh, when it happened. Okay. Um, and so okay. I I just worked at the screen shop, and I was I was there for quite a long time. Okay. I just loved it, spinning the press. Yeah. So fun, you know. Yeah. And and that's when that's when that big opportunity came. It was just. You know, uh, someone came in and they, and they were with a, a large brand or well, small, but yeah, you know, in REI, yeah, you know, that's, that's big. Yeah. You know? And so, um, it doesn't the, have to be Nike to be big. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It can still be big. Yeah. It's all relative, but <laughs> definitely. Yeah. But, but very successful little brand. Yeah. And so anyways, um, they, they approached me and asked if I would do some art. And like I said, that first design just kind landed of huge yeah. sales for How them. How did that like affect how you were thinking about yourself it was it was really powerful there's something that i did in the in the design process they were requesting a lot more design uh changes and revisions than than um what now i would allow but back then i I wasn't really familiar with what was what and i actually pushed back on some of the changes i was like no yeah and i felt bad i was like who's this little guy who's never done anything professionally i'm telling how dare you have Someone, boundaries? Yeah, I'm telling them to <laughs> like I will not make that change. Yeah, well, I, I said I will, but if you pay uh, me more and well, I, I said I it wasn't a matter of that. I said I'll make the change, but it will weaken the design. Oh. and so so that's what I told them, and um, and I could kind of seem like like the gears kind of lock up. Yeah. It was like who's this telling me yeah. that? You know, but then the design went out and performed. Yeah, and so so the combination of the performing and that I had pushed back and said no, that will weaken the design. All of that hit me really hard, Mm. and I was just like, like what am I sitting on? Like it's like kind of like, like feeling just 
the volcano rumble underneath mm. and it's just about ready to go, you know? And I was just yeah. like, what, what was that? And it's just realizing that there was a power within me that had been yeah. looking for its moment. That's you know? really significant. Yeah. That's a great story. Oh, thank you. You should tell that. You should tell that story in all your lectures. <laughs> I feel like that's a that's a great story. This this thought of like, yeah, needing kind of the perfect combination of things to kind of yeah jolt you you know jolt you into thinking like to trusting your own taste yeah trusting your own like artistic eye. That's really hard. That's yeah. a big thing. Um, I think that's I think a lot of us struggle with that. Like, is this good? yeah, this is great. Is this terrible? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's hard. So how long ago was that from now? Um, that was, I think it was 2012. So it was a little while ago. Like eight years. Yeah. Um, okay. So what has happened in the past eight years? So What's, what's important? So I just still wanted the adventure lifestyle. I didn't want to go in and become an artist too quick. And I loved that. It became a side job and it was monthly and several, several designs would come in a month and I would create it. And, um, it didn't amount to a lot of money. Now it would, if I had that many designs coming from one client, now they would pay me significantly more. I would require it. But, but back then I didn't care. Yeah. Yeah, And you don't know. Well, an extra 500 to $700 a month was, was great, you know? Yeah. And so, so I didn't mind it. And, and then even some months it wouldn't come in, it was no big deal. I mean, the very yeah. first paycheck I got from him, I said, of course, I set aside the proper amount for the taxes and all that stuff because yeah. that's all part of art too, right? Yeah. But, um, but I just took, took 400 of it and went out and bought snowshoes. Yeah. Very expensive <laughs> snowshoes. Yeah. You know, they were $300 snowshoes and, and $100 boots to go with them. And, and I went on an adventure. And so, yeah. so that's just where I wanted to be. And I stayed there for, in that environment where I had the side job doing the art and then just spinning presses for several years. And it wasn't until three years ago. Um, you know, so about 2017, it's just when I walked into my boss and the print shop at the print shop, I just walked in and I just said, I don't want to work today. Hmm. You know, like I went in, I had a project on and I was, I was printing and I, and I just said, I think we're going to be okay if I quit today. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, if I go finish that, that job, will yeah. you let me quit today? Yeah. And I say, I know it's normal to give two weeks notice. What, what if I give you two, two weeks on call? Yeah. And, and so you can just call me in Yeah. If, if you need me and I'll come in, I'll work my butt off. Yeah. And, and he was just a big support for, yeah. for my art. Yeah. He, he was bragging to people what I was doing on oh, my side job. That's so, awesome. so, um, he, he's like, yeah, I think we can do it. And, and That's so great. I finished the project I was on and I drove away and I'd also just had a kid. So now I have like more responsibility yeah. and I just quit my paying job. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I got in my car and I was on the highest high. Wow. But to be fair, I had been listening to business podcasts yeah. and, and they say that you can't learn to fly until you jump. Yeah. 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 You know? mm-hmm. And so I was just like, I'm jumping off yeah. this cliff. I don't, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm not going to hit the bottom. Yeah. And so that's what I did. And, yeah. and so I went out and I started working really hard. I mean, you, I mean, it takes time to build a client Like a clientele. List. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So, you know, I'm still suffering from that and, and it has cost me a lot of money to leave yeah. that job. Yeah. Um, you know, and I haven't made it back yet, but yeah. I'm, I'm at the point I'm beginning to see that 
that switch. That switch, yeah. Cool. Um, let's talk about like your aesthetic for a little while, because uh-huh. um, I think it's really unique. Uh, um, I'll just tell a little story of how I found you. Actually, <laughs> have I already told you? I don't think you have. Yeah. Um, because yeah, so I I I was recording this album that I had a lot of feelings about. I mean, it's a, it's a big, it's a, it was a big work for me. It, it is yeah. a big work for me. Um, I think I'll always feel like it was a significant project. Um, and I wanted a design that would be almost like a logo for like a brand for the album, but also that I could use on merchandise and stuff. Um, but I really felt like I wanted it to feel right. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I was looking at the work of a lot of people who'd been kind of recommended to me and I just, I don't know. I was just struggling. So I, I was struggling to find something that I kind of had like that gut instinct about. And so I started just like looking on Instagram and, um, putting in like searching tag, searching hashtags mm-hmm. like Utah illustrator, you know, cause I kind of, I kind of like hiring local people when oh, I can yeah, definitely just yeah. to support our community. Um, and I found a couple of people, but like as soon as I found your profile, I just was like really moved by this your style. Oh, thank you. Thank um, you. and then yeah, you were the only person I reached out to about that. I didn't talk to anybody else. I was like, I really hope that this person responds because I really like this work. But um, do you want to like describe your aesthetic? Um, I I don't I don't know how to describe it. It's just. I, think, I, I try to keep a little whimsical and, yeah. and really positive because, yeah. you know, the world out there is so negative. And don't get me wrong. I have plenty of negative thoughts. They're always running through my head. Sure. But the positive are too, you yeah. know. And so um, my, my, my plan was just to, to overdo the positive just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not so much that it's annoying, but just, yeah. just so it's a place for people to connect because yeah. – um, you know, what I do is I'm, I'm really a, like, I may have a hard time explaining myself as an artist, but I can definitely explain myself as a visual linguist, mm. you know, like, like I, I, that's what I do is I, I learn what the audience wants and I, and I communicate with them yeah. visually, you know, and yeah. that's, that's definitely what I do. And so that's, that's what I try to do. And I, I try to break some of the rules. I love yeah. it. So like right now, illustrators are focusing on really perfect, elegant lines with, yeah. with the, you know, width and um, with the line weights and all that. Yeah. And I do, I forget what it's called, but it's a technique that is considered bad where you sit and you draw over and over and yeah. over on the line until yeah. it like, you know, so it has all these weird marks, yeah. but I run with it. I'm yeah. Like, I like really they, like it. Yeah. They say not to do it. And I'm like, I'll do that. It I'll looks make it really work. cool. I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like from my totally uneducated perspective, if I have to try to put some words on like what it, what it feels like to me, mm-hmm. I think maybe part of the thing I like about it is like, I, I mean, you, it's, it's clear that nature is your muse. Like mm-hmm. there's your, your images, you know, I mean, I assume you can do other things if oh, people ask I, I for can them, and I do them, but yeah. the things that you like just want to do, it seems clear that it's, it's, it's nature motivated. Um, but I feel like your work has a really nice blend of like masculine and feminine. Oh, thank you. It feels like that to me. I try to bring that out. Um, you know, like, like I definitely identify as, as very masculine, but I've never tried to be afraid of anything feminine within me, you know? And so I think it might also just be that whimsy you were saying, like keeping it, that might be the thing that reads to me as feminine. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, feminine and masculine are very like totally subjective. Yeah. And, um, they, and they work so well together. Yeah. I, I feel like, but you know, your work so. feels like that to me. Oh, like thank you. Yeah. it's, it's beautiful in like a really kind of strong kind of way. Yeah. And also in kind of like a, a delicate, like graceful sort of way, which I think is really, I don't see it a lot. You know, yeah. I was oh, looking for something yeah. like that and it took me a long time to find it. So, um, okay. Is there anything else you want to say about like, your career, like things you've learned or like advice or. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, I think one of the most beneficial things that I've learned to do early on and, and especially now that I'm professional is when I'm viewing other people's art that is similar in a sim same field as mine, it's important to do it constructively. You know, I, yeah. I need to compare myself against my competitors. Yeah. That has to be done. Yeah. But if I'm doing it to tear them down or I'm doing it to tear me down, then it's useless. So yeah. so um, if I'm looking at their stuff and I'm pulling it apart so I can understand how they made it, that's fine. You know? Yeah. And, and if I'm admiring what they're doing, that that's great. And yeah. so I think, you know, because so many artists get caught up in the, and like, you know, I've had artists tell me that I intimidate them. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't intimidate you. Yeah. I hope I inspire you. You that's, know what I mean? I get that comment sometimes too, and it doesn't, it feels bad. I yeah. hate being told that. Yeah. And it's like, so I, th I think the one thing that uh, benefited me is just that ability to look at other people's art and use that as fuel and motivation yeah. and, and to, uh, to see the positive in what they create and run with the positive. Yeah. Um, you know, even if I'm creating something a little darker and, yeah. I still need that yeah. positive feed into it to, to actually follow it through yeah. to the end, you know? Do you like, do you have like a, a, a relationship with like self doubt? <laughs> like, is that uh, something that like you have to think about and have a strategy for? I do. Um, you know, so, so I'm busy building a business, you know, and a full on business takes a lot of uh, knowledge that I don't have. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's constantly the, that voice behind me that's just like, you can't do it, yeah. you know? And sometimes I, I let it. that voice get me yeah. and yeah. that's okay. I don't mind that. But uh, as long as it, as long as it fuels me more often than it, than it actually pulls mm -hmm. me back, I, mm -hmm. I'm fine with, you know? And so I, I do, I have that, that self doubt. Um, I, I don't doubt certain areas, you know, like I believe I can create a graphic that will go out and perform and, and mm. do what, what a client needs it to do. Yeah. So I have that confidence, but somewhere back in my head is like, well, who are you to be doing that? Yeah. You know I mean? But yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't slow me down for the most part. Uh, sometimes yeah. it just gives me a little something to fight against. And yeah, yeah. I, I like that answer. And I think it's really relatable. Like, you know, I think we've all had experiences where we're talking to people who like, say that they'd like to be an artist mm -hmm. and then they kind of talk about it like but you know I'm afraid people will won't like it or you know and it's like well they they won't like yeah. you know that's right like so what what about it you yeah, know exactly. I think we I think that's another reason why I like to ask like how do you deal with that kind of stuff because we all do um mm. but those of us that manage to keep being creative I think it is that kind of thing of like, you know, you either let it fuel you or like learn to kind of separate like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, well, I know I'm great at this. Like this criticism, criticism doesn't need to affect like the parts that I'm really confident about, you know, I don't know, something. Yeah. Well, I'd hope it never go away completely, you know, because like 
I kind of um, view it as like a little a little pet on my shoulder or something yeah. that's kind of like telling me, oh, you can't make it. And I'm like, oh, yeah? I feel like I have right. an audience, yeah. you know what I mean? Someone's mm-hmm. like watching me break that rule, yeah. you know? Um, you said something before about like not letting your ego get in the way. And I think I said like, we'll come back to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to say more about like wh- what that means or... Yeah. Um, you know, so one of the most important things when I'm connecting to, to the viewers or, or, you know, to, to, uh, the consumer for my, for my clients, one of the biggest things is, um, my ego can get really caught up on sentimental stuff or different things like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, I've got to remember to remove myself, not the passion, not the desire, not Mm -hmm. the emotion, but to remove my own ego and and not pat myself on the back or mm. anything while I'm creating. I've, it's got to be really raw, and the ego I think gets in the way and starts me on a on a path where I'm creating artwork for me yeah. and not for them. You know. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk then about like, you know, I I like to talk about art and identity and like mm. what are how does it blur and how does it separate it. So one of the questions. Like I think about it in a couple of ways. One being how how much of you gets into the art. Um, so you still want some of it, is that right? Oh yeah, well, hundred percent. How, how of do me. you decide? Yeah. It is a hundred percent of me, but it's just I can't, I can't. You know, like like, not everyone's going to like my story. You know, mm. and and sometimes I need to tell their story more than I need to tell mine. Yeah. And so, but there's always going to be those overlapping areas. So when I'm creating art, mm. it's a hundred percent me. It's just, I'm withholding, you know, certain yeah, it's things. F- it's like a filter. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's one, it's like 100% of whatever part of you aligns mm-hmm. with the, with the, well, the client. Is that right? Yeah. It's like a, a graphic is like a, it's just like a story, you know, like it's a single frame story. Yeah. And um, stories have the setting, the, you know, the character development, climbing action, climax, falling action, mm-hmm. resolution, right? And um, and I need to create all of that. And so I need to take on whatever personality, kind of like an actor does, yeah. to, to create that. Yeah. How do you do it? My experience, I think, just getting out. You yeah. know, I've had a lot of good experience and, yeah. and I've met a lot of different pi- type of people. I've had a lot of... Th- friends through the years yeah. and so I've seen a lot of different things um you can relate to people mm-hmm. and then the other thing is research 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 you know I'm always looking at the field that I'm in I, I spend mm-hmm. way more time looking at apparel than than um and and not just apparel but like what people are doing in yeah the industry like culture in like trying mm-hmm. to understand the context yeah is and that so, what you mean yeah exactly and so yeah. so if I know like I want to know what colors are popular that year and how yeah. they're evolving. And not only that, how am I going to influence that evolution, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, interesting. so all of that all comes in. So it's just a matter of understanding. And if I understand who my target audience is, yeah. then when I take on that hat, I'm taking on a little bit of who they are yeah. and they feel that. And so they mm-hmm. connect to it, you know? And, That's awesome. That's yeah. like a superpower. Is it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, in the same way that like it is with actors, I think you're totally right. It's like a, it, it's, it's like a super empathy, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to kind of like, I am going to try to understand your voice so well that I can, I can design like from it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, and I think that's where some of the most successful artists yeah. are at. And know? balancing, and somehow managing to balance your own authenticity too. I mean, oh, yeah. that's kind of, that's crazy. Yeah, because if, if an artist isn't authentic, then then it just doesn't, Yeah, it feels very mechanical. You do know? you, so, um, do you ever have a, a, a client or, you know, whatever, a, a, a prompt that you really just like can't relate to? That yeah. feels like really hard? Yeah. Uh, what, what do you do? Way more often than I'd like. But yeah. <laughs> what I do is, um, is at that point, I, it goes back to ego. You know, I'm really allowing my ego in, in the way. And so... Like you're like you're worried that someone will see the thing and be like, Paul made that? Or... No, like, like what I mean is like, um, I'm allowing my own prejudices towards the, towards the prompt um, sure. get in the way. Do you, do you have like an example? Like what kind of a thing might like um push on you like that like is it more like a style thing or like a composition thing or usually composition thing like Uh, they're asking for like some type like balance of figures that you just don't yeah i I don't have any real good examples that's okay Um, i just thought i would ask just you know like i think i'm trying to get an idea of like you know but just what type of a thing like yeah. might kind of make you feel like, Ooh, I don't know if I like want to do that or. Well, I, d- I did have one um, client that that's, would want stuff that was a little contrary to, to what my personal Care beliefs are. Values. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. And yeah. um, I don't mind doing some work la- that way. And mm-hmm. I can actually take that on and I love running with it. Cause that's really fun. I get to yeah, be. That's creative in its own way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if it's too far from what I believe, it's really hard to create on that level. Yeah. And, um, and, Luckily, I choose my clients, so yeah. So I I I don't yeah. work with clients that I don't believe in. Yeah. But I'm also uh, very lucky that I get yeah. to, I get to choose my clients, and I've turned a few down. Yeah. You know, just like mm, I'm sorry, I, yeah. I'm busy. You know, e- ego is an interesting word for that. Like, I know what you mean, but it's 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 almost more like I don't know, like integrity or something. Um, maybe. Because I'll, I'll I'll use ego when I'm explaining that, but also um, just sentiments, you know, like like Con, your own kind of content, own. your relationship with the subject, or mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. And yeah. I do need to be able to set myself aside, yeah. especially where I'm designing for other people. But but I can't set myself aside to where I'm not like connecting to the design. I have yeah. to be a hundred percent there, you know. But the the higher levels of thinking sometimes can get in the way. And so sure. taking those like those thinking aside. too meta about like the context. Yeah, exactly. Does the does the does do the designs you make ever like change you? Huh. Or like do you ever kind of like the process of like fulfilling a prompt like yeah. make you I, feel like you're different? I think they used to when I was younger, but now I've got 45 years of experience in developing who yeah. I am. Uh, they don't really have that type of an impact on me, but they do linger. Sometimes I'll create something and I love it and it, mm. and, and it I will linger. I think that's what I mean. My, like yeah. it, it, it becomes a little bit of a part of your... Yeah. Um, I think the last design that had a huge impact on changed my life was probably... Uh, Probably that that first one I did for that company, you yeah. know, and that had a huge impact. Not the one you did for me. <laughs> oh, that just, one is a lot of fun. It was <laughs> a lot of fun. I'm just kidding. No, I. Um, <laughs> well, I've got to love every design I take yeah. on. You know, that's. Well, that's I love her enough for both of us. Oh, so <laughs> she's, she's so she was fun. She's so cool. Yeah, um, she was way fun to create and thanks. work in your color palette and everything was so fun. Thank yeah. you. Um, 
I wanted to ask something else about, oh, um, tell me about the stuff that you make for yourself. Cause like, I mean, I know you have like a channel where you just, you make whatever you want. Yeah. Um, so on my Barbagazi outdoors, what does that word mean? Barbagazi? Yeah. It's, uh, everyone knows like Sasquatch, you know, and Yeti. Yeah, yeah, Barbagazi yeah. is one of the wild men myths. So he's a furry man, okay. huge feet. He skis on them and he's mm. in the Alps. And okay. uh, he's a little different than the Yeti because the Yeti is like this big monster. Yeah. And he's kind of described like a gnome, like a really hairy gnome. Okay. And he skis on his feet and he whistles and warns people of avalanches. And, Sweet. And so it's just a little myth, really he's obscure. Kind. Yeah. yeah, he's very kind. And that's why I liked it because he was like, he tries to help he's people. He's kind of like a monster, but he's like kind of nice and yeah, kind of yeah. just like he's just chilling. He's likes to ski. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And so it's so a I, perfect like avatar for yeah, you. That's what I, yeah, that's what I thought. It's and, perfect. And so I ran with it. Yeah. Um, but in on that, in that platform, it's a combination of me just having fun, which is funny because creating art creates tension. So what do I do to release the tension? I create Make art. more art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what that is. And it's, and I have given myself some really strict parameters in there, which is really hard to yeah. work in, you know, so it's yeah. got to be outdoors. It's got to do this and that, yeah. you know, and so I have all these parameters and, um, and so I've created a brand in itself totally. right there. You for sure have. And, and, uh, it's, it's kind of an outlet, but it's also a way for me to test so I put out designs and sometimes I'm like, this one won't work. And I put it out and I'm like, oh, yep, that one didn't work. Or I'll be like, this mm-hmm. one won't work. I put it out and it does. And I'm like, why did that one work? Yeah. And so kind of doing research. Yeah. So it's also a little bit of research. Uh, it also cool. serves as kind of a, a marketing, um, you know, a little bit of marketing that draws in yeah. clients a little bit. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. I think like. I think I've kind of asked you. Oh, I wanted to ask you about in one of your emails that you sent to me, you said that you had started teaching a couple of lectures and really were kind of surprised by how much you liked that. Yeah. And I wanted to yeah. just hear you talk about like why, like what, what did you like about it? What did you think? Well, it was, I didn't realize how much I had to offer, um, you know, cause I had been spending so much time taking the next step forward and I had, hadn't look back in in a long time Mm -hmm. at how many steps I had made. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I gave the lecture and it was really, really fun. It was like a lot of energy and a lot of power and, um, you know, just like flowing through me and like all this. And I put it together and these wonderful snow college students lined up a huge line. And I was just like, I was like, am I, did I deserve this to you? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, Mm. That's a really good feeling. I've I've experienced, yeah. I've been lucky to experience that a couple of small times in similar situations where you're like you're teaching to a group of people that don't already know you. Yeah. And seeing yourself reflected back is really moving. Yeah. Or it, it, it can be. I got a lot of feedback from the professors there or the teachers there. Um yeah. you know, and they said they said that the students said that that was one of the most moving of the lectures because it was for you, a class that was just... What did you talk about? What did I, you tell them? I talked about art because I was asked to just kind of describe my process. And so a lot of what we talked about here is what I talked about. But I put together a presentation with a PowerPoint about that, you know, it was like about how well I was going and I was about how fast I was exceeding in art and how it was just going. And I was in galleries and all that stuff. And then I crashed. And so I just focused on that crash and how that crash... Uh, turned everything around for me and I just stopped because, you know, I, I had a lot of success early on when I was in college yeah. 
And, um, and then I, then I just talked about how one little moment can bring it all back, you know? And Mm -hmm. so when my son was born and I had a big picture of my, of my boy up behind me when he was only like two years old and I didn't realize I was connecting to everyone until they all just went, oh, and I knew they would do that, but it was the way they did it. I was like, they heard my story, yeah, you know, and, um. And so that's what it was. And then I then I started showing my art because before I, I kept the presentation void of my art. And I just showed a few photographs that that I had um, taken, you know, and, and I'm not a photographer. So they, they were just for, yeah. know, a few photographs. And, um, and then I just started showing my art. And I guess what they really liked about it, because I focused a lot on how to be a successful artist. Mm. And I didn't focus on how to create art yeah. because they get a lot of that. And yeah. so I was talking about practical stuff. Yeah. And so I was talking about like, like how to approach cold sales and like the real business side. And, yeah. and, um, so many artists, so many of those art students just loved it and came up and asked me more questions. Yeah. And, and it was just the Q and a afterwards was incredible because, um, cause as I was doing Q and a, they, they were so connected to me and I was so connected to them. And yeah. there was this back and forth, like they had questions that were, on levels that I hadn't been asked before yeah. and I had answers. I was like, yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's a good, is this? that's, that's you know? a cool feeling too. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you want to say about like art, about being a creative, like anything you want to soapbox about? Yeah. My soapbox would be art changes the world. I know everyone says that, but it really is the voice of the world. You know, like, like, um, you have all these politicians out there doing all these crazy things and but a but a single artwork really can yeah. have a huge impact on a person's emotion which can run way further than yeah. any political argument can you know what i mean and um so i think it's not a responsibility of an artist but it's a tool of an artist yeah. that it's there and if it's a tool that is there why not do it yeah. and so with my art one of the biggest things i want to do is connect people I want people in this world which is growing and so beautiful like like every year we're making huge advancements but yeah. but yet when you get on in the media and social media and and the news everyone seems to want to tear this part that is being built and so I just yeah. want to connect everyone and that's yeah. you know like like uh, just everyone has so many things that are all in common and I just want to bring everyone back to that and I relate to that so yeah. much and so that's yeah. that's the the artist just has an emotional tool. You know, they say uh, a single photo and it would be the same as a graphic or even even the lyrics, you know, yeah. has has a thousand words, you know, yeah. behind every little thing, yeah. every little word or image. Yeah. And that's a lot of power for an artist. I think yeah. artists should run with it. Use that. I think so too. I, I feel so much the same. I mean, this, this Masks project that I wrote, I'm like, I'm already thinking, I already, I wrote two new songs already for a new album. And I, I'm a big idea kind of a person. So, you know, I've got, I've got it. I've got a new, like a big kind of framework home for these new ideas. I don't want to say too much about it, but my masks project was felt a lot like that to me too. Like, can, can I try to put some words and some thought, you know, some music, some emotions behind this truth that I know that's, that we're all the same, you know, we're so similar and, and it gets confused because of these different layers and, you know, masks that we like that maybe aren't there, but that we're kind of 
seeing, you know, like, or, or, you know, and, and that's not to say that, I mean, certainly people are have sinister intentions sometimes um but that also can you know it plays a role in how we um villainize each other or Mm -hmm. you know anyway so i'm I'm so i'm so with you on that like you know trying to use to use art to um i don't know just get people thinking differently about the world um and when you said before you said something it's it's not the obligation of the artist to use this kind of power, but it's yeah. a tool. Um, I also think like one thing that I'm so obsessed with recently is like that's not just a tool for artists, but it's it's a tool for anyone. Yeah, you know, for someone who's not an artist to use an art medium or just creativity in general to as a tool to better explain their humanity to better connect to the humanity of someone else um to better like you know shine a light on this type of story we might not be seeing yeah um i feel really strongly about that and that creativity is so much more than entertainment not that entertainment isn't like in and of itself really important to humans um and to like our humanity but but that that creativity is it's a tool yeah. It's a really important tool. Well, and I think I think you and I are at like and everyone in the world right now are at a an amazing pivotal point within within society. You know, like like uh you look at technology and it's at this point where where they're saying it could it could grow exponentially yeah. and leave humanity behind. And mm-hmm. and I've heard that and I thought, no, 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 it's not gonna leave us behind. It's gonna give us opportunities to be human. Yeah. And so um yeah. I really think it's amazing all this talk about AI and what AI can do and that maybe one day it will go to war with us. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's going to give us the opportunity to be more human. And and I think we're going to start celebrating because as it's as the as mm-hmm. the technology is going to be more and more flawless, yeah. We are going to appear more and more flawed. And I think we're going to celebrate that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really really where we're going. And art is a great way, um, you know, for for people to to communicate those who don't create art have artists to help them communicate yeah. and everyone's involved and it's yeah. just one more element of that human element you know i that, think so too yeah it's a really nice idea and 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 generally yeah i think creativity is like the most human thing it's like yeah it's like the thing that's like essentially human yeah exactly um, and yeah every everybody Everybody ought to be doing something. You know? uh, I think everyone does, even those who who don't yeah. view themselves as creative. Yeah. They're doing something in a, in one way. It may not be like, you know, through music or through yeah, you know, like a fine a art. Yeah, yeah, but it but they're creative they're definitely thinking, creating. Creative. Like, you know, parents yeah. are are working really hard creating a, a, a life for their their child, totally. you know, a safe environment. And um, you know, you even even math is is creating uh, an environment for for whatever type of science is using that math, you know what I mean? Right. It's yeah. all creation. It's just, it's, it's beautiful. I yeah. think. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Um, I like to ask everybody at the end, what's your dream collaboration? Or if you're truly a solo worker, what's your dream project? My dream collaboration. And it can, it can really be anything. It doesn't have to be something that you could actually do. Yeah. Like it could involve, things that are really expensive or you know well um it can be anything you want 
I think I'm trying to think. It would be just work with artists that that um, I admire, but I've already done that. So it's yeah. like, can you so, think of someone you'd like to work with? I think I'd like to work with. Um, I'm silly because I because I'm in the outdoor industry. I want to work with those big names. Yeah, I want to work with uh, MSR silly. and yeah. and uh, you know like like Jet Boyle. I want to work yeah. with these huge names, Patagonia. Yeah, I mean I have I have friends that Patagonia work for Patagonia, cool. but I would like to I would like to design on that level. Um, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, I don't think that's silly. Um, one of my guests told me that like his his dream goal is to like make a sneaker that. Reebok sells. I can't remember. He oh, had like yeah. a specific brand in mind, but um. the cool thing about those dream goals is even if they seem very unrealistic, they're just one step and then one step after Th- that. That's one what step. I was going to yeah. say. Like, even if you don't get that thing, like it tells us a lot about like the, the line that you see, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I, which I think is, it's great. Um, finally, where can people find your work? Um, so I'm in the middle of a big rebrand and I don't, I can't release the name yet. Okay. Um, so, so that side, the more professional side is not, it's not up and running. And I okay. hope to have that up and running soon, but the best way to, uh, the best way to find me is under that Barbara Gazi outdoors on Instagram. Do you want to spell it? Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know it's if I can spell B- it. On. It's B-A-R-B-E-G-A-Z-I. Outdoors. Outdoors. Mm-hmm. At Barbagazi Outdoors. Yeah, and I'm only, mostly only have a, an Instagram presence. Um, but that's the best way to get a hold of me, and okay. you can get my emails there. And okay. when I get that other side of uh, the more professional side, yeah, set let up, me know, and I'll like update the oh, okay, show yeah. notes. Oh, stuff. I appreciate that. Yeah, and so th- so that will be there. Um, but like oh. I said, I'm in the middle of that. I'm still locking down well, the company name and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Paul. Thank you so much for oh, all Emily, of it. Thank you. It's yeah. great to finally meet you and talk with you. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.